Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews there anytime at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. You can also find a back catalog of these episodes, about 300 of them or so. If you just check iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now, you'll find a lot of reviews covering the last couple of years. And I also encourage you to check out my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. I think I am approaching about 40 or so films in the 1980s. So check that out, atwmovies.com, if you want more details on that. Today, we're going to cover a brand new film, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, of course, the fifth of the Jurassic series of films, the second one in the Jurassic World series. It's an action-adventure sci-fi film. It's PG-13 rated because of intense sequences of science fiction violence and peril. The runtime is two hours and eight minutes. The main stars are Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. You have supporting roles going to Rafe Spall, Ted Levine, Justice Smith, Daniela Pineda, Isabella Sermon, Toby Jones, James Cromwell, and smaller roles for B.D. Wong and Jeff Goldblum. The director is J.A. Bayona, and the screenplay is credited to Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. Now, as far as the storyline goes here, we're continuing off from where the first one left us. This new dinosaur-inhabited island, Isla Nublar, it's gone volcanic. It's threatening the lives of all of the newly resurrected dinosaur species there. Claire Deering and her raptor trainer partner, although not really a partner in romance, at least at the start of the film, Owen Grady, they find themselves trying to transport as many of these dinosaurs as they can to a man named Benjamin Lockwood, played by James Cromwell. He's this wealthy investor from the United States who's built this very wide sanctuary there in order to house them. However, not everybody working for Lockwood has his noble intentions, especially as these dinosaurs are worth millions to the highest bidders from around the world. And those bidders have their own nefarious purposes for these giant animals. Not all of them something that most people would approve of. J.A. Bayona, if you've heard that name before, he's a chiller director. He's made films in Spain and then some notable films over the years. The Orphanage, of course, The Impossible, the Oscar-nominated The Impossible. And and just a couple of years ago, A Monster Calls got some acclaim as well. So he's here, presumably, to bring some more respect to the film. Interestingly, Bayona was offered Jurassic World the chance to direct that film, but he ended up turning it down because there wasn't a lot of time and there wasn't really a script and he just felt it wasn't going to be there. He is taking over the reins now of this surprisingly lucrative sequel reboot franchise from Colin Trevorrow, who is co-scripting this entry with prior partner Derek Connolly. He's upping the science fiction here, the horror elements of this premise, while he's also tamping down greatly on the humor and some of those self-reflective metaphors, those meta moments that permeated the predecessor. If the first film was, you know, dumb fun, this film removes that fun. So I guess what's left? Is it just dumb? Well, I wouldn't say that, but it's something far less challenging than Bayona's usually thoughtful fare. The Ian Malcolm-like voices in cinema that warned us not to go back to the franchise to try to keep regurgitating extinct ideas have fallen by the wayside, unfortunately, especially when Jurassic World became the biggest money earner at the box office in 2015. It raked in a hefty $1.6 billion. Wow. Worldwide, it shot up to the top 10 biggest box office smashes of all time. So, of course, they're going to do a follow-up, right? Much like the dinosaurs within this film itself, those that brought them back have a choice, either to let them die on their own or to find a way to keep them alive. 
spurred on by the fact that these dinos are worth a heap of money around the world. So if you're looking for something meta within this film, I guess there is that. Perhaps even more bland and superficial than the first time out are the characters in this film, particularly the two leads, Chris Pratt as Owen, Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire. Their romantic tension is almost as insubstantial in our interest as most other facets of a fairly vapid experience. Unfortunately, the characters end up taking a backseat to some rudimentary questions that have been covered in science fiction and horror since the origins of both genres, including our obligations as humans to the creatures that we create, whether we should be playing God by tampering with genetics, and that age-old battle between doing what we feel is ethical and what we find is lucrative, i.e. poaching and breeding and using dinosaurs as weapons in battle against our enemies and on and on. The only real question that merits exploring is whether our desire for knowledge and riches by resurrecting these extinct dinosaurs will wind up resulting in our own extinction, but it's something that's given short shrift in favor of more traditional Jurassic Park-type tropes. Another detriment to the overall enjoyment of Fallen Kingdom is its lack of genuine suspense. There are moments here that may induce some winces in the audience. Even at a PG-13 level, there's a dino that chomps a human's arm off. There are trank darts and lava. and Those moments are primarily due to our instinctual reactions to seeing someone or something in pain and on the screen more so than anything that's brought about through quality storytelling. It's also inherently predictable. Clear villains are set up to become dino fodder sometime later, all falling like dominoes in a typical horror-moving pattern, leaving not really a lot of intrigue into some of the developments that transpire. The bigger their evil, the more gruesome their death is going to be, so you know where it's going to go. Unfortunately, the inherent reason why monster movie sequels rarely work is because the makers of those films always make the assumption that the monsters have to be bigger and badder than what came before, and then they bog down the film by trying to justify the construction of new beasts, these hybrids, and further remove the emphasis on the human element of the story to gin up scares. The T-Rex of the original Jurassic Park, that was menacing, and that was because of how we feared for the family that encountered that T-Rex, whereas here we're supposed to fear any of the indominus hybrids concocted today because they're deadlier than the T-Rex, and yet we have no humans to care for, and subsequently, there's little to fear in a story that's derived clearly from Fantasyland. In fact, we care more about the Velociraptor named Blue than we ever do a single human person with a speaking part in this entire movie. Unfortunately, what should be realized, at least from the makers of this film and other films, is that the human element itself is precisely what makes for effective scares. Without that human element, it's all an exercise in trying to take a franchise to new heights, while also removing anything deeper in the process. Now, it's hard to call Fallen Kingdom a major disappointment, considering that the original Jurassic Park itself failed to produce a quality sequel, even when Steven Spielberg himself was a director of one of them. And now, if Jurassic World was a fun lark for a return to this franchise, Fallen Kingdom is a reminder of the folly of trying to rehash the same old formula and expect better results. The element of imagination of wonder, of awe, of discovery, is what made the original such a great film. And not just excuses to have grotesque dinosaur monstrosities jumping out of the shadows with strobe effects and shrill musical accompaniment, without characters to actually care about, or storylines that might inspire us with that initial sense of the crossing of miraculous scientific frontiers, 
There's really not much here, but a soulless cash grab, not very much different than the motives of the villains within its very film, who merely see the dinosaurs as a means to sell to the public purely for profit. So I say it's better to let these dinosaurs die out again if they're going to continue their diminished existence. So I guess a little bit more meta moments there. I'm giving Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom two stars out of four. I had a lot of hopes here because of Viona's involvement. And I won't say that it was a poorly directed film. I just think it was just a poorly conceived and written film. And there wasn't really much they could do about it at this point, except for perhaps at some point redo it all again. And hopefully they can do it with a little bit more integrity and a little bit more care for the characters and for the dinosaurs instead of making it just another big gimmick of humans versus increasingly more dangerous dinosaurs. It gets very boring very quickly and two stars is the best I can give Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you do see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and you have the same take or a different take, you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. Go to quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. You'll find all of my contact information there, including links to my Twitter feed and my Facebook page and my podcast web pages where you can also leave comments there as well. I'm going to try to keep regular with this particular podcast. I say that all the time. I mean it. I, I want to really try to keep regular with this podcast from here on out. And I hope that you'll join me. Click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And until next time, thanks everyone. And enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies.